0: Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now, but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're wiping the grit from our eyes and perhaps falling <laughs> in love as we watch spine number 76 in the Criterion Collection, David Lean's Brief Encounter from 1945. But first,
1: RJ. Happy October. It's October. Woo! It doesn't feel like it though. It feels like December. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> remember like just like on Friday when it was like 28 degrees and the sun was just burning down. And then like I'm mm-hmm. here tw- two and a half days later, we get like 20 centimeters of snow blowing cold, north wind, trees mm-hmm. and branches falling over, people just sliding off the roads tow trucks and cop cars everywhere as the the city and all like civilization just crumbles away
1: yeah i remember would have been a good time to stay at home if you know what i mean Mm. not leave your house but the the important thing here Jarrett, is it's october and this is where we really come to shine as humans yeah i don't know about you but it's when i'm happiest in the year
0: uh yeah Yeah, I I guess so. Um, For me, uh, it's just looking forward to a whole month of just watching horror movies.
1: And everything else that comes with it, too, like we talked about before, the fall weather, not Mm -hmm. snow, but, uh, you know, that nice, cool, you Mm -hmm. just need a light jacket, the orange and yellow in the trees, the pumpkin pie, the Thanksgiving dinner. Ooh, baby. Do, Do you like Thanksgiving dinner? I Turkey we, and we, potatoes we, we, and gravy. We, we talked about this last Have year. Have we talked about yeah, this? Yes, we did. And did you say you don't like it? <laughs> I'm
0: indifferent. And you said I oh, was weird. Fucking See, an here, back yeah. here we are again. It's
1: the best. <laughs> it's the best dinner. There's no, there's no, there's no question. It's the best. <laughs> uh, don't you pay attention to anything I say? No, not really. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm what? so drunk half the time. I don't remember even doing this show.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh yeah it's it's Thanksgiving here in Canada and mm-hmm. uh, yeah we'll be doing that this weekend uh, mm-hmm. multiple dinners I'm sure and uh, yep yep uh, pinball tournaments uh, uh, not again um, you yep, nerd yeah pinball all over again I'm looking right. forward to that Monday day off though
1: what are you gonna do on Monday watch movies
0: yeah it's, what a good guess
1: yeah hmm. Well, I'm I'm gonna be at a dinner with a family, so no. That's why I was asking. You know, sometimes people do things with each other with the ones they love. Mm, what about when you're incapable of love? Well then you watch you watch a thousand movies in a year like uh Jarrett, Francois Duncan. Well, that was last year only. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm gonna well, be
1: like lucky if I hit half that this year. Well we'll see how this month goes. That'll boost mm. up your numbers pretty yeah, well. It probably will.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, nice. I'm 11 deep already.
1: Yeah, You're gross. <laughs>
0: <Cool>. <laughs> yeah, you got a good move on things. Yeah, you got a good hustle. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, RJ. Uh, Yo. What you been creeping on? Not much. What's your excuse?
1: My excuse. You know, Jer, I take a lot of abuse from you on this show. mm mm-hmm. um, And I don't think it's all warranted. Sometimes I think you're pretty unfair to me. But sometimes I can just throw that right back at your face. Because I didn't creep a lot this week, but I did something even better. If people are on the Instagram, they may have seen, uh, I had a childhood dream come true this weekend. I was riding with the king, and I met the king creep himself, Mr. Stephen King. Ah, that's where the you add applause soundtrack, okay? Your, uh, your childhood dream was child- me. Meet- well,
0: a Stephen King really
1: well let's just say
0: unattractive man and his hey, and his son. Are in, you in, in, in Missoula, Montana?
1: Are you body shaming Stephen King? No. You know it's not about the outside. I'm just stating objective reality. Um, uh, I, I just you know not, it's inside I, I, that counts. I find
0: it just straight. as a child you're like Monday I'm gonna sit in an audience with a bunch of strangers in the United States and see okay, so he- this, this old man hawking a book with his son.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, Jar. I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the show. But I'm a fan of Stephen King. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the books he writes. And I like some of the movies they make on the books that he writes. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and I think he's really good. I think people who make fun of him or say he's not a bad writer are wrong. And I think they're superficial and they only see what's a, what everyone else is saying. When you dig deep into that man, you'll see how much of a racist he really is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, I I do think he is one of the best man, if not the best living writer of our time. Nobody come on. pumps out the RG. quality that he does. Come on, come what? on!
0: Don't 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 say these things. He. What well, I bet definitely... you'd say James Elroy is the best. I no, I wouldn't say he's the best writer. Man, come on. Come on. I
1: thought you liked
0: him. I like him. I think he's great. I love his books. But he's not the best. I mean, I'm sure there's better writers, but I think he's very good at what he does. Just like Stephen King is uh, very good he's at fair. being Stephen King. And like mm-hmm. I mean, it it shows that like, you know, his books are everywhere. And I'm sure yeah. his books are selling more hotter right now than ever before.
1: Well, yeah. in a very long time at least. This is all all true. All all I all I'm saying is that uh the amount he puts out and the quality of what he puts out on top of the amount, like, cause there are other guys who put out as many books as he does, but it's like the Dean Coons and the James Patterson, who I think his, his stuff's all ghost written, anyways. But yeah. And I, does I Dean, think, does
0: Dean Koontz even write books anymore?
1: No, but he used to write a lot of fucking books. Yeah. Um, sure. I'm just saying he, he usually doesn't disappoint. Okay. So, okay. So you, uh, any, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And, uh, a while ago, um, I got some tickets. I heard he was going on a book tour cause him and son Owen, Yes, not Joe Hill, Uh, Owen King. The the other son. uh, The other son. Uh, They had written a book together called Sleeping Beauties, and uh, they were doing a big book tour. And uh, yeah, they were going to Missoula, Montana, baby, the rape capital of the USA. Just ask, uh, what's that guy's name, John Krakauer or whatever? The Dude who wrote the Friday Night Lights books He wrote a book on Missoula about how It is like more rape per capita Than anywhere <laughs> in all of USA Shit yeah So that's nice because it's a really small city too So there yeah. must be a lot of rape Um. So yeah Missoula is like Five and a half hours away And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a really long time You have been And uh, so we hit the road And it's raining the whole time And there is forecast of a gigantic blizzard all over montana and southern (laughs) alberta and it was just like oh shit uh we went sunday we hit some rain but uh, it wasn't too bad Uh, we were there monday and it didn't snow at all in missoula uh and then coming home on tuesday uh it snowed a lot here um the roads were pretty good but then uh, once once we hit it was funny once we hit the border back into canada there was like snow fucking everywhere mm-hmm. and it wasn't in montana like there was a lot on the side but all the roads were clear but uh, the road from the border up to creepsville was uh fucking horrendous it was a lot of snow we counted five vehicles in the ditch yeah um a bunch uh, i think three of the five were montana plates was so. that tuesday you drove back yeah tuesday morning
0: Oh, so those cars were probably in the ditch from like the day before
1: well, uh, not the morning, actually. it would have been by the time we were going across, there it would have been like maybe one p m but yeah, no they it, it, it they yeah. were all like left. there was no one there, so it, it appeared like it was uh uh the night before, maybe well yeah, the uh the the on the monday
0: uh we had a uh, we had one speaker coming in that evening, and uh they were taking a uh, red arrow bus from calgary, and mm-hmm. their their bus wound up in the ditch, <laughs> yeah, so and that was just between uh. Creepsville and uh, Fort McLeod. and uh, so about they, an they, hour they, they, of they, highway. Well, yeah. not even. It's not like even 40 thirty minutes. Thirty, and uh, yeah, it took like an hour and a half, uh, just sitting in, in a uh, ditch bus for a replacement to Thanks. come along and uh, to do the uh, correction. There, Friday Night Lights was written by one H.G. Bissinger the third.
1: No, um, isn't there a book though about? Uh, oh no, isn't it about the football players from? Uh, like a Friday Night Lights town uh,
0: Well Anyway the the book Friday Night Lights w- Was written by H.G. Bissinger
1: I think you were written by H.G. Bissinger Okay so, so, so John d- Krakauer so wrote, uh, wrote a book um, He wrote a bunch of books And he yes. has one called Missoula Rape and the Justice System <laughs> in a College Town uh, And it is a national best Oh he wrote Into the Wild My yes. bad but I do think he wrote a book about football players. Anyways, doesn't matter. So I uh, went down to Missoula, uh, stayed at this cool hotel with uh, water slides. Um, the first night, uh, I got piled up a little bit, and we went swimming. Uh, there was a really edgy teenage lifeguard there, and uh, he was not having it, man. Um, not like we weren't, weren't causing trouble. He doesn't sound but, very edgy then. No, not edgy. Uh, like moody. Mm. Moody is what Hormonal. I meant to say. Hormonal yeah we weren't causing trouble uh like the slides were going and i was like i was like hey bro want to go down the slides and he was like and he kind of like whipped his hair back He was like no and i was like they're a lot of fun and he like (laughs) rolled his eyes he's like yeah i know i was like all right dude i was like i was just like i was like i'm just trying to be friendly the ugly canadian uh, yeah uh I, i came down the one slide the slow one and i stood up because he sits in between the two slides. I stood up and I just kind of looked at him really slow as I just slowly plopped into the water. Um, he didn't like that either. So whatever, man. That's his problem. Um, so yeah, the uh, the day of Big Steve, we uh, went to Paul's Pancake Parlor. I uh, got some, some short stacks. That was good. And then we scoped out the scene early. The doors opened at 6.30 and uh, drove by at 12. It was on the university campus where I believe all the rape happens. And uh, I just wanted to see what it was like. I was like, I wonder if there's people lined up. And there was. There was a couple people in a tent and camper chairs. I was like, okay, good to know. Uh, So uh, planned it out, came back at five, an hour and a half before the doors were supposed to open. Got a primo spot in line. uh, Stood through the rain for about an hour. Got let in. Sat in the seats for about an hour. uh, And then it was the main event uh but before steven owen came out the guy who owned the bookstore that was presenting the event came out and gave one of the most inappropriate uh introductions i've ever heard it was like you would you would have swore that this guy just won like the fucking medal of honor or something he was like he's like you know i just really want to thank my wife i love you i always have i always will my brother he's here tonight you know i just really want to thank him cousin leroy you did a, you did a lot of work with me in past years and he went on for like 10 fucking minutes and it, it seemed like it was really out of places like why is this guy doing this that's not good um but anyways so Stephen on come out and uh uh everyone cheers And Owen kind of takes over. Um, I've been to things like this before, not for authors, but um, usually there's like someone moderating. Yeah. And um, you can tell it's sometimes it's a little stiff because they're like either impressed by the celebrity of who they're interviewing or they're just like not very good on stage. And they come off a a little not great. But uh, Owen and Steve uh, had a great chemistry. Maybe because mm. they're related. Me, yeah, I don't just know. Father and son. Uh, they had a great banter between each other, and they were really candid. Uh, they were they're fucking showmen. I'll tell you that much. Steven Stevie King knows how to uh, entertain a crowd. So uh, what happened? So they came out. Uh, they both read like a little portion of the book, like just a little segment, uh, and then they kind of told some stories. And then, uh, Owen brought out a Stephen King trivia book and asked Stephen King some trivia questions about his own work. <laughs> and then they, uh, took, um, did a Q and a portion. Uh, the questions were picked out ahead of time. No, my question was not answered and no, I'm not going to tell you what it was. Um, but, uh, they were really good, man. They were really funny. Uh, Owen really surprised me cause I thought he was going to be like a real lame duck because he's like, who's this Owen King? He's not Joe Hill. <laughs> um, But he was really funny and he seemed like, uh, he was, he was like really self-aware that he was like the son of this fucking, like, I don't know, like one of the biggest authors around. Yeah. One of the most recognizable names in fucking America. Um, so no, he he was really funny. He was talking about how he just wanted his dad's money and stuff like that. And he just telling jokes and I thought they were really cool um steve told some really funny stories apparently he's really superstitious and when he sees crows or black cats he does this thing with his hands where his like thumb and pinky arrow and he like wiggles it at him Uh, i thought that was really cool in case you were wondering uh (laughs) there was a dean koontz joke Uh, i thought that was funny steve did this one thing that was really cool actually it was really cute um when owen was a little kid instead of doing chores what Steven got him to do to pay him like his allowance basically was uh, uh, big Steve loves audiobooks. books, yeah. but uh, he didn't have a lot of them. So he paid his kids to read into tape recorders, read books out loud. And uh, it was a good way to trick his kids into reading books. And um, they were talking about some of the books that they had to read from. And it was pretty funny. Uh, Owen didn't like reading Dune into the tape recorder as a young kid. Mm hmm. So uh, that was cool. Uh, I, I got this because I know you would ask. Actually, a couple of the questions that were asked were, what are your favorite movie? What's your favorite Stephen King adaptation? And uh, he didn't say what they he didn't answer what his least favorite are, but it's public record. It's The Shining and Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. So but uh, they both said Shawshank was their favorite. Uh, Steve said his three favorite books are Lisey's Story Ah, uh, which he he was like, I know no one likes that book. He's like, but I really like it, uh, The Stand. And uh, he said, Mister Mercedes. But I think that's maybe <laughs> because there's a TV show of that out there right now. So he's he might be pumping that <laughs> After up. A he little. said
0: that. He go tune in,
1: tune in. Uh, no, they actually made a lot of jokes about uh, buying ta- uh, their books and buying Tab Tabby's books. Um, I don't know, man. They were great. They were uh, like I said, they were showmen um steve came out in uh, regular old blue jeans black t-shirt and uh dad sneakers yep uh he was also wearing a fitbit uh which i thought you would appreciate mm-hmm. uh, you know he he walks like seven miles a day or something like that so that's not too bad well he also got ran over by a van 20 years ago or 30 <laughs> years ago so i think he for a 70 year old man he does pretty good yeah um yeah it was uh it was actually it was really great man I think it's sometimes it's rare for things to meet up expectations when you, you think things are going to be really good, and then you go in and you're like, oh, this isn't very much. But mm-hmm. uh, they were super cool dudes, and it was worth standing in the rain, and it was worth almost dying driving to and from Missoula. So I had a, a great time. And you didn't even get raped. I didn't, no, no. But uh, I was mostly in except for when we were actually at the theater uh, I was pretty much just living in the hotels swimming pool mm-hmm. or, in the, or in the hotel room which brings me to my creeps uh, I didn't get many in whoops uh, I didn't get, <laughs> I just kicked the garbage uh, I didn't get many in uh, but I these aren't gonna count as official creeps but the, these are my hotel creeps uh, this is just what was on um, uh, and it, they were horror movies so you know, that's what okay. kind of works. Uh, I watched half of a movie called The Hollow, mm-hmm. and it's a sci-fi original, and it came out last year. Uh, and it was really bad. It was about some kind of like stick person or something that was like had a vendetta against a lady. Um, I don't even know what to say. I was I was drinking beer when I was watching this, and I wasn't paying attention. So no. that movie's bad, though. I even only watching like thirty forty minutes, I can tell everyone to avoid that puppy. Yeah. But, you know, oh, actually, before I get into that, do you have any questions about the Stephen King uh, rendezvous? Mm,
0: No. Well, actually, my question is, like, so what kind of people go to a Stephen King uh, Q&A in Missoula, Montana?
1: There was a good mix. So there was a lot of people like me, uh, just total dirt, drunk dirtbags. Yeah. Uh, No, actually, there was a lot of pretty grimy people. (laughs) uh by grimy what do i mean like um like ripped clothes uh really dirty in the face and i was like i was like why are you here like it looks like you don't have any money um and then there was a lot of there was a lot of old people like older ladies uh there was an older lady in mine in front of us who was uh super fan so we chatted a little bit i was like i can't believe we're seeing doom dean Koontz tonight and uh she didn't (laughs) laugh uh, someone beside her laughed but she didn't laugh so I, was like, <laughs> I was like i was just trying to make uh, a joke lady classic rj yeah yeah i love doing that like uh we were at iron maiden a couple years ago and i was like man bon jovi was the best tonight and like one dude thought it was really funny and then another time i said it the other guy was like Ugh. like really mad at me like gonna hit me and i was like all
0: right i gotta get out of here maybe they heard you tell the joke twice and there it was like oh man this guy thinks he's really
1: fucking funny no, it was, once was at the stadium and once was in a ho- in the elevator, so it was okay. <laughs> I, I tell my jokes until I get told not to tell them anymore. <laughs> Anyways, uh, who else was there? So there was a uh, there was a lot of older people who uh, you could tell were like super fans. Uh, a lot of Stephen King shirts and things of that nature. Any really like, uh, any really like cringe worthy t shirts? Like we went. Oh man, oh, come on! My, my favorite was uh, it was the Burger King mogul. And it just said Stephen King in the Burger King bun. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, there, were, <laughs> there was one. There was this guy who, like, he was uh, ahead of us, and he spilt his coffee, and he was, like, his butt crack was out. This is one of the grimy people I'm referring to. He had, like, a uh, a clown shirt, and I think he wore it because of it, but, it like, it wasn't it or Pennywise. It was just, like, a psycho clown shirt, and the back was, like, gonna get you, gonna get you, baby. It was, like, some, like written in blood or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that shirt was like, ugh. Um, there was uh, some people wearing costumes. okay uh, <laughs> and it, then people uh,
0: dressed as Stephen King, perhaps.
1: No, they were. It was really weird. It was like, uh, what's that? Fucking eyes wide shut. It was like, like robes and like bird masks yeah, and shit. What? There was only like three. There was only three people like that. but oh, uh, And then there was one guy that I almost wanted to throw out the fucking window. There's this guy, <laughs> uh, he was he came by himself and he, he snuck into the row behind us. We were in like the second or third row, by the way. It was pretty good. Uh, he snuck into the row behind us because he was just one. He was like this suave dude in a suit. And uh, he sat down and he's like, yeah, yeah, like pumping his shoulders. And he pulled out this really old Stephen King paperback and like started to read it in the crowd. But like looking around, like, who's going to ask me about it? (laughs) I got so much to say. And then someone asked him, he's like, what are you reading? He's like, oh, this is a long walk. Uh, And the guy was like, oh, yeah, you read Running Man? He's like, yeah, I'm going to get there. He's like, you know, this Mm. long walk, it's really like uh, the Hunger Games. It's almost like a prequel to the Hunger Games. And I wanted to turn around and just, like, pick up his chair and throw him out the window. Because that's kind of like, he was just talking about that a lot. I was like, do you even know where you are, man? (laughs) So, anyways, that guy was gross. Suave suave businessman who bought a, a Stephen King book on the way to the theater. Nice. Yeah. So,
0: like, so, how did the whole like uh, signing thing go? Because I saw you got the new book signed by uh, yep. both parties, but was that all they were signing?
1: They uh, they signed the books before the event, uh. and you are handed a book as you're walking out the door. Uh. And there was actually so this is fucking bullshit, by the way. So like, it it was a general uh, seating, right? So like, when you came in, uh, it was first come first serve. So yep. that's why we went to wait in line. Uh, and then the theater sat a thousand people. And at the end of the show, they let – because the thing too, they're like there is not – there is a limited supply of signed copies. Everyone will get a copy, but there is a limited supply of signed copies. And you know what they did? This guy, uh, the fucking brother of the dude who gave the uh, super inappropriate thing, he was like, all you people in the back, you're going to be rewarded now. We're going to let you go first. And I was like, that's really shitty. Like they came late. Uh, they just like piled in and then they all get to get signed books instead of all the people like some of the people in the front probably didn't even get a signed book and they were waiting for like six seven hours so I don't think that's not on I think that was just the fucking people who hosted it like this this fucking dork from uh, Shakespeare and Co uh, in Missoula Montana that's what his bookstore is called Mm -hmm. so I I wouldn't shop there if I was you because he was a fucking weirdo and he really biffed up that Because you should give the people at the front the books because they were the ones who waited the longest. Yeah. That's how I. So, anyways, you got it as you walked out, and uh, we got two, uh, but only one of them was signed. Which I think is. But uh, I got it because. Well, you got one. That's okay. uh, Because Scott Scott doesn't give a crap. No, well he was the one who got it actually and I got the one that wasn't signed and he was very he was very kind he gave it to me. Yeah, so he was he, like he, he, he was really like he, well he was like I think this means more to you than it does to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's
0: true. It so yeah. um And didn't you like basically buy his ticket because uh someone couldn't go?
1: Well, well yeah, Andrea was supposed to come and uh I she was really sick, she couldn't travel. So Scott very uh it, it was it was nice. Uh he stepped in and uh, unexpected uh two-day vacation i guess but he he had a really good time too so i appreciate he gave me the sign book now i have uh steve uh owen and joe i got them all i just need tabby and i think there's a daughter but yeah, i don't she think did, she does just, think. she write? i don't think the daughter does but tabby does oh she does poetry i think <laughs> but yeah so that was uh that was interesting, but I, I did get I did get a book and it's it signed. So and this is a big bastard too. I didn't know that it was it was this big.
0: Let's take but. a look here. Let's take a look at this and the, the wow, that's a that is a doorstop.
1: Yeah. Fuck let's me. let's check. You, so this is the hardcover. Let's check out the page count here for you. <laughs> uh, seven hundred. Fuck. Seven hundred pages. So that's classic, Steve. Never, never reading that. I'm gonna read it. Sounds good. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that was the event. You got any, uh, anything else you want to ask about, uh, the journey, the adventure? Uh, nope. That's good for now. Okay. So, uh, one other, uh, hotel pick, uh, I watched, uh, I rewatched Stir of Echoes with your buddy Kevin Bacon. Have you seen that movie? Yes. I like it's, that uh, It's based man. on, a
0: Richard Matheson's story. Which it is, is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I saw that and then, uh, they talked about Richard Matheson at, uh, um, the event. Stephen yep. King said he was his biggest influence. But that's a
0: pretty good influence to have, since Richard Matheson's like the best at that stuff. Like yep. he, he's
1: super smart. Him and Bradbury, hey. Eh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bradbury I, did
1: like lots of stuff, not just like horror stuff though. So. Oh, he's yeah. They're both uh, big idea men. So big idea men. Yeah, so I watched *Stir of Echoes, and it's been like I remember when I was a little kid uh that was always like a movie that people are like Ooh, don't watch stir of echoes man
0: oh yeah my, movie, my, my parents it, saw that in theater and i remember scary. them coming home and saying that movie like they just
1: like sh- they shit their pants <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I i always remember that and i watched it once when i was a little kid and i was like ooh, that movie was scary shit mm-hmm. uh and i haven't seen it in like 10 years 10 15 years maybe and i don't really have anything to say but i thought it was pretty good man it's like kind of spooky uh, and Kevin Bacon is pretty good. There's a, there's a few like, cliche horror stuff like where he leans forward and back and then she's there. like, mm. you're like ooh creepy. But uh, there's some hypnotism. Uh, there's rape, which I know you would like. Um, there's murder. <laughs> <Hey>. uh, <laughs> uh, I like the hypnotism scene. I think that's really cool. Where he's in the theater and he's being hypnotized. Uh, I think that is really neat. So mm. stir of echoes. It, uh it held up pretty good. It's not going to wow anybody, but yeah. if if you're in a hotel in fucking Missoula and Stir of Echoes pops on, watch that, son of a bitch. Hell yeah. We also watched 20 minutes of The Cell, but uh, it got too gross, so we turned it off. Uh, was it The Horse? Uh, yeah, That that's actually where we stopped it. <laughs> but it wasn't because it was a horse thing. It was just, uh, I've actually seen that movie, and I was like, I really don't want to watch this fucking thing again. Mm. I was like, I didn't like this that much. Yeah, I saw that in Vincent Papier was so gross. Uh yeah, well, he's like that's he's like the
0: like only thing you remember in that movie because it's like him, Jennifer Lopez and like, Vince Vin, Vaughn, and it's yeah. like yeah it's like that's the movie all right I remember yeah it that movie is, mm-hmm. uh, whatever what's his name uh, Tarsum, the director Tarsem of that scene. yeah. yeah. Yeah, his big movie directed the falls. Yeah. Well, I like the fall a lot yeah. more than the cell. I think that's b- what I've heard. B- big, big, raw Ebert gave that movie four stars, and just like he fucking loved the shit out of that thing. But that was like I think just because of the visual stuff, which yeah, nah, I don't even think that movie looked great for the time, and I don't, doesn't hold I don't, up as I, much. Yeah, I don't think it probably holds up super well at this yeah. point. Um, cool. Um, uh, and then I watched the movie
1: you watched too. Yes. The
0: cro- our crossover point
1: our crossover uh our man mike flanagan man mm-hmm. we watched that stephen king adaptation the unfilmable movie gerald's game yes on netflix netflix original uh do you want me to talk about it yeah, all, go, or? yeah
0: go go for it stephen king fan
1: yeah. so i re- i talked about the book like a year ago yeah. uh jess the girl gets cha- handcuffed to the bed for some kinky eroticism and then husband uh, has a heart attack and dies everyone knows the story everyone
0: th- th- this is like one of probably his like least read books because it's like that weird window of time yep. when he was like the big he was like top of the world, mm-hmm. like James Cameron. and uh, everybody was reading that stuff. but then he released Gerald's game and uh, Dolores Claiborne. And mm-hmm. it's like, what the hell is this? This isn't they, this doesn't have evil clowns or monsters mm-hmm. or psychos or whatever. Um, yeah, so but two two of his this.
1: better books though.
0: Yeah, I mean, so uh, my whole my experience with this movie uh, or this story book uh, was, I think it was like the Shockwaves podcast had Mike Flanagan on in their like second episode, uh, which is why I even started listening to that podcast because I was like, oh, Mike Flanagan, I like that guy, I like that Absentia, I like that Oculus, and uh, he was like just talking about his Stephen King love and he talked about how he'd love to do it It uh, TV series or something like that. And then he said that like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want I'm working on Gerald's game. I'm going to be doing it for Netflix. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that sounds interesting. So I, 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 at that time I had, I didn't know what Gerald's game was about. So I looked on in line. I'm like, that sounds mm-hmm. really interesting. And I think, uh, I went bought a copy with you and you bought a like first, yes, you did. Ed- And you bought your first edition that they just had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's a good copy too. And I read about, I think a third of the book because, um, mm-hmm. I like I don't know I I, sh- I put books down all the time uh, mm-hmm. it, but I, I was I enjoyed what I had read up to that point I thought it was like really yep. interesting uh, but mm-hmm. I just put it down like I do with most fiction books and w- just went back to watching movies mm-hmm. um, and then I was just waiting for this movie to come out and it came out this weekend yes it did that's that's my that's my uh, interest in this it was there mm-hmm. uh, even though uh, Mike Flanagan's batting average had kind of got brought down a bit after Ouija. <laughs> Oh, Ouija. Yeah, I know you
1: didn't didn't really like uh, Ouija, but uh, you liked all his other stuff. Yeah,
0: yep, yep. So, yeah, then Gerald's Game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems to be like kind of like on the old letterbox, getting kind of like a a wide range of reviews. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very, like, mm, I guess I call it mixed reviews in the sense that, like, people either are coming out, like, I don't know, all over the range. You never know. It seems like people are having very different responses to it uh, for a variety Mm -hmm. of reasons. I would say that I come down in the middle on this. Yeah. Uh, It starts off kind of like i don't know all the stuff that isn't in like having read the beginning of the book and kind of know like this whole setup uh there's like a bit of the detail stuff in there that i don't really need i don't need to see mm-hmm. them coming up on the house i don't need the like oh hey there's there's a dog in the middle of the road and these little conversation things but these are all conventions mm-hmm. of movies this is like the stuff that like yeah you have to introduce characters somehow so i might as well do it this way but it seemed to be like the like not very invested in this that stuff which is fine because the vast majority of the movie is in a bedroom with a woman Mm -hmm. handcuffed to the bed um and that Mm -hmm. stuff i thought was pretty pretty good pretty great Mm -hmm. maybe uh like i at some point i had to hit pause to go do something Mm -hmm. and then like the time code popped up and i was like what the hell i've been watching this movie for 40 minutes like it felt like Mm -hmm. i've been watching it for like 15 20 minutes 15 yeah Yeah, so it it, like for me it was like it just blew right by and i'm like huh that's pretty impressive for a movie about a woman tied to a bed um and then like but of course like the whole uh gimmick which like is weird like listening thinking back to that interview with mike Flanagan, where he's like i came up with this idea of how to do the story properly and like it just Mm -hmm. hit me like how you could tell it and i was like what you just have like people like who are actually there uh saying all the things that she's thinking and it's like yeah. yeah that's exactly what he did and it's like yeah it wasn't like this
1: groundbreaking idea but uh but it's but
0: it's a good idea and I'm yeah. glad I, ne- did it that I never way.
1: understood that either though mm-hmm. because in the book it's just like there's different characters that are like parts of her own like her mind but she like manifests them as different characters right. like it's like she had a friend in high school who's really tough so that's like the tough part of her mind is like you got to get through this girl um, but yeah, I didn't get that either. I was like, why is that like so hard to imagine? Just have the people actually there. Yeah. And it and doesn't did, make sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, so they do that and it works great. Um, uh, and then uh, actually the, my, the highlights are when characters are like talking about a window and then they appear by the window simultaneously. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah that, that's really great. What a nice little touch. It's like, uh, not too clever by half or whatever. Like people couldn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people might come down on it being it was too flashy, but it's like, no, it works. um, yeah. But, yeah, so I thought that stuff was good. I mean, there's, like, a, I think I had this criticism about WeJ uh, as well. But I found, like, the, like, look of this was very flat. But I feel like yep. that's, like, kind of also the uh, trade-off with the budget that you're working for with these uh, Netflix movies. Like, because sure. obviously, like, you mentioned, too, like, there's, like, several character voices that um, the main character hears. And in, in this, mm-hmm. there's only two. There's only two. Yep. Like, and then I guess tech, like maybe a third. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just, like, yeah. But, like, uh, what's his name? Bruce. Uh, Green- Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, Bruce. He's so good in this. I thought Fuck he was, yeah. like, 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 in my mind, like, he, did, he wasn't who I would have cast in my mind based on the description yeah. of Gerald in the book, where he's kind of, like, this, like, Kind of mm-hmm. doughy fat guy because like Bruce is, f- is, pretty 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 shredded. Oh fuck. he's
1: stacked, man. Yeah, he's got abs on abs like yeah. over on the side. Like yeah. he is fucking svelte. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's definitely a highlight. Um mm-hmm.
0: And like, because there's like there's like his one monologue he gives describing mm-hmm. like when they're going to find her body and stuff like that. That was like super good, low key. Mm-hmm. Um I like that the uh, the the whole bulk of the movie doesn't really use a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like characters talking and having conversations, cutting back. The camera is telling the story. The editing is working really well. Um, and yeah, when it gets, when it comes to the, like the money shot, uh, the, mm-hmm. the escape, it's like, oh, like I, I actually like, like cringed and it was like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Like it was, so it's like, okay, they, it got me. It, it made me go, okay. Yeah. That's like when I complain about, uh, some like horror movies that like don't get into the scene properly. I was talking mm-hmm. about this with it actually, like how during the spooky, oh, yeah. mo- during the spooky moments, um, it, it fails to like get in, get me involved in the scenes of the things that are happening. Um, and that never happened really at all. Watching it, it always seemed like I was at a distance and I wasn't yep. being like affected by what I was watching. And it was actually kind mm-hmm. of a, I, I thought that scene alone was like way more like cringy. Uh, in a good way, I guess, than anything that was in Raw, which is a movie that's, like, mm-hmm. being celebrated as, like, this great new modern uh, art horror masterpiece. And it's like, yeah, I didn't really get bugged by anything. This kind of like, okay, that's like a great moment. And if you get, like, that one great moment in it, it's like, okay, yeah. that's good. That's, like, this is re- <laughs> this is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, then the movie kind of almost should have ended. But, <laughs> yeah. um, so before I watch this, I kind of saw one guy's review. It's like the most liked review on Letterboxd. And the guy's like, the first yeah. hour of this is so good. The last 10 minutes of this are so bad. And I was kind of like, up to that point, I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. And then we got to the last 10 minutes, which I think when we talked about Gerald's game on the podcast, mm-hmm. you had alluded to this. And, like, you were very vague. Like, you kind of said, yeah. yeah, it gets kind of weird at the end. And, like, you didn't really say anything more about it. Like, I didn't want to ruin it Oh, for you. I, See, I had no idea, like, what... You meant I had like I'd never gone my way to like read about it or anything like that. I was like, I'll watch it and we'll get to it. But I had no idea what happens in the last uh, the denouement, I guess, of mm-hmm. uh, Gerald's game. Um, I guess the other thing too is like uh, there's also the the B plot stuff with uh, with her and her like past family, her family, yeah. her father and stuff like that. Uh, the the Wincest angle. Um oh, gross,
1: Jared. <laughs>
0: Uh, so uh that stuff is like done the way you would handle that stuff in a movie like a in a netflix movie i guess it's like very off camera uh i think it's like actually the more disturbing part is like the whole uh dad playing the mind game stuff and like yep. that that stuff was like really well done um mm-hmm. that's classic steve man yeah no like, again yeah, guess yeah, it's, he's, he's he's good. Like uh mm-hmm. yeah. But the last the, the thing that you know what Stephen King's not good at legendarily, I, endings. Yeah, I, I, I know, I'm aware. Yeah, so the end of this basic almost like it, I think it kind of oh, fuck, it sinks this movie hard. Like it's mm-hmm. it it tanks, it sucks. Um Go on. Oh man. So spoilers uh yeah it's okay
1: if people are listening they've probably watched it yeah
0: okay it's not even like it's just like it's so unnecessary so what happens is the end of the there's this like this sort of like bit of a subplot in the whole Mm -hmm. story with her being tied to the bed is that like she sees this figure that like is described as death death is here Mm -hmm. and he's waiting for her to die and it's like okay, whatever. Like, what is this even in the movie for? It's kind of an odd thing. That's like, oh, that's kind of a spooky kind yeah. of specter. It's this like large giant of a man with a bag. And I kept thinking of a bag of bones. That Steve, mm-hmm. I don't, like that's a Stephen King thing. I wonder if this has anything to do with that. It's like more like the this, the King verse tie-in. That's all I kind of was thinking yeah. of. And then there's like, oh, there's like a bloody footprint in the room while you've been sleeping. And it's like, what's going on? Oh, he's under the bed. And It's like, what is it? Like, what what none of this leads to anything. And you're just like wondering, what was that all about? But you just think it's mm-hmm. color. But then there's this whole like narration of her living after she survived this ordeal, and writing a letter mm-hmm. and talking about how it, it turns out through all these newspaper articles that come out afterwards that actually there's this 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 like uh, Andre the Giant like man <laughs> um, mm-hmm. called the creep the crypt creeper.
1: Crypt? Uh, I believe it's the Moonlight Man. Oh, that's what she calls so him. That's what that, no, that's what the news headlines yeah. refer to this man. So there's, yeah, the Crypt
0: Keeper. So for unnecessarily, there's, like, this Ed Gein-like giant freak man who... It's uh,
1: the guy from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, the fireman. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that that just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, no, there was this guy, and he, he was, like, in the house, and he just stumbled across it. And he was taking chunks out of your husband while you were asleep and he was waiting for you to die. And then he was mm-hmm. going to, uh, like, it's just like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, cause you don't need it. Like, this is just a story about survival and like, sur- yeah. like that's what it is. And it's like, what does this have to do with anything? And then like on top of it, it's like really, there's all, oh, there's like an event and like, maybe you can speak to this, but like, yeah. she like, she goes down to the courtroom where this guy's being arraigned. Cause he's been arrested and like being accused of mm-hmm. all this stuff. And she's like walks right into a, into the trial and like she just walks in and she just like says hey and then he turns around he recognizes her and like they have a, a face off like just interrupting a quirk mm-hmm. like and then is like and she's like I'm not afraid anymore and she walks out and she walks down the street like mm-hmm. and it's like it looks like garbage it just comes out of nowhere the voiceover like her like the reading of it is so bad and I was just like why the fuck did he leave this in because like clearly he must realize this stuff's bad or like if you wanted to get the same idea across like there's a must be a better way of doing it and like
1: anyway so yeah I can I can speak to this okay can I blow your mind for a second go for it that's not how it happens in the book that's Mike Flanagan what is that whole interaction in the courtroom? Okay. So, so it's not that it was, they left it in. That's all. That was their decision to do that. So here, here's the thing in the, in the book, there is the moonlight man and he is this guy who goes around like stealing people's bones, cutting dicks off and stuff like that. And he keeps them in this big. And I actually thought it was a cool part of the book. Cause like in the book, it's just at nighttime because I think in the book she has like three nights Mm. on the bed or like two nights or something like that and uh, he comes and he just sits in the corner for like an hour while she's conscious and she's like is that guy real i don't really know is he real and then like she'll wake up later and he won't be there anymore and uh i thought that was pretty cool and then it does play out the same way where um uh, it is a real guy who was stealing bones and yep. he did walk in, uh, but the courtroom seems a little different in the book. She is, she sees that he's a real guy, uh, when she was like talking about it and like she wasn't, she was never sure if he was real or not. And she sees that he was a real guy. She goes to the courtroom, but she just sits in the bleachers and then he turns around and he see, like he acknowledges her and yeah. then she leaves. But it's not like this weird confrontation where she's like, she's like, I know you, man, you don't scare me. So that was the, that was the movie's decision to go that route. I think it was better in the book because it's just like, she goes and sees him and then that's it. But it's still like completely unnecessary. And like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I reading the book, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a nice layer. I think the movie, I don't think that they give him enough uh, exposure for it to have as much weight in like, like the way that they think they would, I guess. Um, I think, uh, I remember Scott was saying something interesting where it was kind of like, is like he was the monster, but he like wasn't. He kind of spared her in a sense because he didn't kill her. He was just waiting for her to die. Whereas uh, the dad was supposed to protect her, but he was the one who was the monster. So I don't know. Uh, anyways, the I don't think the moonlight my moonlight man thing is bad, but uh, I can see why that would lose a lot of people.
0: I get it. I it's. Do. I
1: mean, it's. It's
0: really badly done. Like it's just like everything about it is like it doesn't feel like the rest of the story, and it just seems unnecessary. And it's like, yeah. why does why is this here? And it, I don't know. It sucks. Like it's like why? Yeah. Just cut this out. And it like right there. After she gets when she away, crashes in the tree. Yeah. Leave it and just cut. And like that's the last thing I need to see. And mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just like say, oh, she's still okay but not like this like i'm writing this letter with my hand that's damaged and i'm going to tell you about my day Yeah. and it's, i'm writing this to so and so and it's just like okay mm-hmm. w- why is this happening cuz it's it's so it's so clunky and like not there's yeah it's,
1: so that's another thing in the book she's telling the story in letters but it's to like her friend her friend her spunky friend from college who was like the tough girl mm. because she was like she's like you helped me get through this because of like uh, you empowered me, basically. Yeah. So she's writing the letter to her, not to like a non-fictional yeah. a fictional person yeah, that doesn't exist who, Yeah, who, Yeah,
0: who's a character who does isn't in the movie, so doesn't
1: exist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I know why the ending would lose some people, but uh, I still thought it was good, man. Mm-hmm. I like this Flanagan guy.
0: Yeah. Well, he's got that uh, House on Haunted Hill coming, so...
1: Yes, he does. Yes, he, he does. Yeah, you know, that goes? I kind of like. I don't know.
0: I, I like him more when he does his own stuff. I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Maybe he'll get more uh, Stephen King movies though. <laughs> no. Hit him in uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Oz
0: Perkins. Him him in. Uh, he and get some notes
1: from Mick Garris. Mick, oh fuck. <sighs> Well, why don't you tell me uh, about your creeps? Well, okay. And maybe not Mick Garris. Well, I okay.
0: well I could definitely tell you about Mick Garris since I watched a film directed by him. Yeah, uh, but he sucks, man. Oh, I, he does suck. Uh, I don't know. I've got a lot of creeps I could get into, but I don't know. I think I, I think our plan is we're going to try to do a Google school special in the next couple weeks, and maybe yep. we'll burn through some of this stuff. So maybe I'll I won't touch on that. I will talk about a movie that just came out in theater in the last yep. month or so people have been talking about I got I was getting prepped to watching some of these uh safety brother movies and mm-hmm. I
1: watched Good Time uh directed what by What is this
0: So you, have you not uh, encountered this in your
1: I've seen the poster a lot on Letterbox but yeah. you were saying directed by who
0: The Safti brothers uh Ben and Josh Safti so they're like kind of like from that uh mumblecore scene
1: Oh, Uh, right. You've talked about them. Yeah,
0: I I talked about Daddy Long Legs, which I believe when I was talking about on the podcast, you went to the bathroom. And I continued talking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but did anyone notice? Doubtful.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so good Mm -hmm. time. Uh, It showed up here at the the second run theater. And I was like, I got to go see it because it's going to be gone soon. And it's supposed to be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie stars Robert Pattinson, everyone's favorite. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. co-director Ben Safdie plays Robert Pattinson's, um, like mentally handicapped brother, uh, who mm-hmm. he kind of like brings about on these, uh, criminal enterprises that he's going on. Um, he busts him out of like a, like an institution that he's being kept in in New York to go help rob a bank. That they're going to rob, they're going to take this money, and then they're going to leave town and live a happy life where they can be together and life will just be better magically. Um this movie's like thesis essentially is like criminals are dumb. <laughs> they're they mm-hmm. they're not good at what they do and that's when they get caught. Uh that they're 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 fuck ups and they do really mm-hmm. dumb, kind of despicable things to get their uh I don't know, justify their ends, I guess. ends ends justify their means however you want to put that Uh, anyway so this movie uh, at times reminded me a lot of Green Room in a good way really like the the first like 25 minutes of this movie are like just fantastic it's got this Mm -hmm. like beat this thrumming beat that just like gets you pushes you through scene to scene like the audio mm-hmm. is like pushed to the level and it's just like tension. Everything's shot a little too close. Um mm-hmm. you don't know at all what's what's going to happen next. Uh because they just like uh Robert Pattinson, what happens is they, they go rob a bank uh wearing black man masks which are like nice. really creepy and it's like they go and rob a black female teller who would mm-hmm. be like, oh, hey, you guys are wearing masks because that's not what black people look like because I know what they look like. Um, mm-hmm. So off to a great start. They they they, st- they steal some money, but of course they slipped in one of those like uh, ink spray packets in that mm-hmm. fucks up their escape. They go on the run. Um, the, 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 the slow brother gets arrested. He winds up in jail, but he doesn't know how to handle anything, gets beat the fuck up while in, mm-hmm. like, jail. Robert Pattinson's trying to raise money to get uh, bail money together so he can get his brother out of there because he knows his brother is not going to last long in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so basically, the movie takes place over the course of one evening where uh, Robertson's, Rob, yeah, uh, Pattinson's character is just trying to find money. And uh, mm-hmm. at one point, he hears that his brother's been beaten down and he's being held in a hospital. So he goes to the hospital and... Uh, steals this like bandaged up man that turns out not to be his brother. Mm. Uh, and that just leads into more situations. Uh, there's a Sprite bottle filled with, uh, LSD. Mm. Uh, there's a 16 year old girl, uh, people, more people in wheelchairs. Oh, it's greasy, dude. There's some, there's some greasy shit. That's like, it's tone perfect though for this, this type of thing. Um, Mm. yeah, and, like, just, like, the devastation of, like, people's lives, like, that they leave in their wake as they're, like, trying to accomplish their goals. Um, yeah, no, I thought this movie was, like, pretty good, Mm. um... Yeah, okay. I, Yeah, I, I'd recommend people check it out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Pe- people seem to hate this Robert Pattinson guy. He's been in some <laughs> good stuff. Uh, I li- mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a defender of Cosmopolis. I didn't think that movie was too bad at all. Um, yeah. I, I've liked it better than a lot of like Latter-day Cronenberg movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's that Rover, which is pretty good. And I mm-hmm. think Good Time is better than the Rover. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So that was cool. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. The theater was pretty empty. I don't think anyone yeah. gave a crap. This is like what happens around here too is like movies like this get like the worst screen times. So it's like, hey, you should go see this movie at 3.30 in the afternoon. Oh, you should mm-hmm. go see this movie at 9.40. And those are your options. Oh, nobody went. It's a failure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go see Wonder Woman instead. I. Aye. I... Well, it sounds okay though. Yeah, I think uh, when it shows up on Netflix, you should check it out. I will. <laughs> yeah. I plan to. Are you gonna? Hey, are you planning on seeing Mother, or is that just not going to happen now?
1: We were gonna go to Missoula, but uh, the time was not on our side. Uh, I I do plan to see it, but okay. uh, I don't know when. Good. Yeah, I
0: I look okay. forward to that conversation. <laughs>
1: uh one of those, hey.
0: I uh, no, I think because I think it's like be an interesting conversation one way or another. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I saw that uh, uh, Parker Bowman uh, watched it and uh, he, did, he didn't give it a star rating and he just used a GIF from uh, mm. WWE SmackDown recently saying there's too many metaphors. Because that's a movie that I'm not sure how he would feel about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious. It's a curious movie that brings out good responses.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I sometimes am dead on with his, uh, his opinions and sometimes the, totally fucking opposite yeah so he he's a wild card man Mm Mm-hmm. true enough uh well uh hey rj got any news uh i don't because i've been gone for a couple days but i was just gonna say uh if people are interested in like even more ghoul schools like we did last year maybe they email in we we give you the details at the end of the episode yeah let us know if you let us know if you're interested in some ghoul school specials yeah Well, yeah, I think the plan is to do at least a
0: couple. Um, Yeah. I I think as we've gone on, finding time to squeeze in like a couple hour things. Um, mm-hmm. And for the most part, people are listening to this because we talk about criterions, and they yep. uh, they they listen. I think for, for the first hour of us rambling about other movies <laughs> all the time, so perhaps some of them, um, some do, some skip ahead yeah. and uh, do their thing. That's fine. It's all good. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll nice. throw it out there. If people want to listen, they will or not. Uh, but you gotta get some more movies under your belt, there, Hoss.
1: I will. I will. Yeah. In time. Well, uh yeah. I've got one piece but, yeah, of news, no news.
0: Uh, that I was just reading about uh while waiting for you. Uh uh-huh. it, it looks like the New Yorker and or <gasps> I think it's like the New York yeah, New Yorker and New York Post uh, and the New York Times are both about to drop a one of those old sexual allegations and improper workplace behavior bombs on one Harvey Weinstein of uh Oh mm, shit. It's, it's finally happening. Um yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know. This doesn't seem like This wasn't too surprising to me because, Mm -hmm. uh, if you recall, a couple years ago, there was, like, the whole, like, Rose McGowan thing that happened Mm -hmm. when she shaved her head, became, like, this, like, militant feminist kind of. And then there's, like, these, Mm -hmm. like, it's, like, what happened? And then she made some comments that, like, seemed to be, like, what happened between her and uh, Robert Rodriguez and, Mm -hmm. like would have been while making uh planet terror. planet terror and talking about, Oh, so-and-so a certain type of uh, producer executive. And it's like, Oh, well, it seems like everybody knows about uh, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein being uh, a gross mm-hmm. dude, a bad dude, perhaps. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, sounds like the research has been done and the stories will be coming out, but we'll see uh, how that goes Ooh. over in, uh, La la land. Uh, there's also another, uh, some more sexy allegations against uh, old Roman Polanski. Apparently, yeah. there's been like now four four total. I mean, if you take into account the initial one from like 30 odd years ago, um, yeah, but there, apparently, there's been like three in the last year or two, and one just recently uh, again. Um, it, what else is new? What else is new? Yeah, that that little. <laughs> Sex Pest, Roman Polanski. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Who knows what'll ha- what will mm-hmm. what will go on from there. Um, right. I don't know. I'll, I'll still always, like, love Chinatown and Macbeth, uh, but I don't know if I'd have him over to my house. <laughs> you should invite him over. Yeah. Oh, you see what happens. He,
1: he, I'd have him on the podcast. <laughs> you guys should meet up in Missoula.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, well, we're, I'll
1: I'll reach out to him on Twitter see if he wants to come on our show.
0: Maybe and we can have the the uh, lifeguard
1: from the pool. Ooh. Yeah. No, that kid wasn't into it. He he was no fun. He was like no fun, Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't being weird or creepy. I was just trying to just trying to be friendly, man. <laughs>
0: Har- harassing great. these poor minimum wage kids, and it's like that's Montana minimum wage.
1: Yeah, it's probably like six bucks, but (laughs) yeah. I mean, well, that's what, I wasn't, I was like trying to like brighten his day. I was like, you know, wacky tourist, but he didn't care.
0: So, uh, did you avoid getting gored by any bulls this week? I should have, uh.
1: I did. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm injury free this week. Nice. I was gored by the toilet though, from traveling, you know, TD, traveler's diarrhea. I'm just kidding. That was fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: speaking of diarrhea, <laughs> it's time to talk about David Lean movies. Um, oh, he—he's <laughs> uh, he, you know that's more of a comment about like his—he. I don't think diarrhea yeah. was something that shows up in much of David Lean cinema. Yeah,
1: you've played your card.
0: After the break, though, we're going to be talking about uh, brief encounter.
1: Mm.
0: Brief encounters and love for the middle class.
1: I'm the third kind.
0: It's going to be great.
2: I'm moving on.
1: until a few weeks ago. This is my whole world. And it's enough. Or rather it was until a few weeks ago. Can I help you? Uh, Oh, no,
0: please. It's only something in my eye. Try pulling your eyelid down as far as it'll go.
2: And then blowing your nose.
1: Please let me look. I happen to be a doctor.
2: That's very kind of you.
1: Oh, turn around the light, please.
2: That's how it all began. Just through me getting a little piece of grit in my eye. Are you going to pictures this afternoon? Yes. How extraordinary so am I. I thought you had to be all day at the hospital. Well, between ourselves, I killed two patients by accident this morning. And the matron's very displeased with me. I, I seem to not go back.
1: What's she you like, your wife? Madeline,
2: Small, dark, rather delicate. How oh, fine! I just thought she would have been fair. And your husband, what's he like? Medium height, brown hair. Kindly, unemotional and not delicate at all. And now that it was free to love each other, there's too much in the way. There's still time. If we control ourselves. And behave like sensible human beings. There's still time.
1: I'm an ordinary woman.
2: I didn't think such violent things could happen to ordinary people. Give us a kiss. I'll do no such thing. The lady might see us. Come on, a quick one across the bar. Oh, but stop it. Come, let her love Let go of me this minute. Let her love Now look at me Banbury's all over the floor. Mm
0: And we're back. And tonight, we're talking about Brief Encounter from 1945, directed by David Lean. Uh, The tagline for this film, a story of the most precious moments in a woman's life.
1: Ooh. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just a woman's? In woman's life. Oh, in women's life. No, in woman's life. What the fuck is going on
0: here? I, I, that's what it is, is that this. a typo? I, that's a copy and paste. It could be. Returning home from a shopping trip to a nearby town, bored suburban housewife Laura Jessen is thrown by happenstance into an acquaintance with virtuous doctor Alec Harvey. Their casual friendship soon develops during their weekly visits into something more emotionally fulfilling than either expected, and they must wrestle with the potential havoc their deepening relationship would have on their lives and the lives of those they love. <laughs> yep. So, RJ, uh, yep. I'm on record being uh, finding David Lean's kind of like 40s, 50s movies kind of like a mixed bag. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, Summertime wasn't a fan. Great Expectations uh-huh. wasn't a fan. Uh, Oliver Twist, I thought I liked a lot, and. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, I had watched Brief Encounter, and I remember thinking at the time it wasn't really all that interesting uh mm-hmm. and i don't know i it didn't leave much of an impact on me other than i remember like oh yeah there's like this like train station cafe thing and I guess that's yeah. all i kind of really remembered and it's like lots of like longing looks blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all i remembered about this movie so i was like always like it always had this real it had like an awesome cover it's got like one of the best looking uh criterion covers i think where it's just like the the two together mm-hmm. looking at one another black and white it looks great Um, so this time, I, I think now I I knew what to expect because at the time I, I don't know what I was expecting with it. I thought I was expecting something a bit more sophisticated, uh, Mm -hmm. in its storytelling, uh, which I mean, it's 1945 still. So, I mean, like, this is like, this movie was being made during World War II in England, um, Mm -hmm. and so now that I've, like, I've seen Summertime, uh, and I'm now watching it in the context of the Criterion Creep project. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more. Oh! oh! <laughs> I thought you hated David Lean, man. Well, okay. See, that's that's like a, <laughs> so you're, that's you're, a misconception. Cause like, you're uh, batting 500 L- now. L- Lawrence of Arabia is awesome. Bridge on the River Kwai is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never seen Dr. Shivago But, yeah, no, I mean, like, he was, like, I mean, I guess he's, like, in the middle for me, but I know we'll be like, okay, we'll get there. Uh yeah. So anyway. Uh I thought this movie was uh pretty good. Um there's obvious things you could talk about. Uh the cinematography for one, Mm -hmm. uh are fantastic fantastic. It looks Mm -hmm. great, like a million Mm -hmm. bucks. Mm -hmm. Um so I guess I could start with like the beginning of the movie. Uh sure. So it opens up in that uh aforementioned uh uh, train station cafe, a little mm-hmm. bar where people are just there. But it's interesting. It opens up uh, in media res. It ends, it starts at the beginning or kind of the end of the mo- end of the story, essentially mm-hmm. um, during the climax, I guess, of the story, but it doesn't really feel that way quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like those wayward glances and stuff like that. And when I'm like watching all that stuff, I'm like really like paying attention, I guess, to the acting and it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes this stuff doesn't work as well, or it seems really unearned. But like right off the bat, it seems to be like, yeah, I'm I'm getting what they're laying down. There's like some real mm-hmm. tension here going on, and like they 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 really want this woman to go away. That's like come over <laughs> to annoy the shit yeah. out of them.
1: I I love that part so much where the narration is just about how much she hates that bitch. Oh, but that's, She's but like, that's, this lady yeah, is a total yeah. bitch.
0: Okay, so that's, like, that, that hasn't yeah. happened yet. That hasn't happened at that
1: beat yet. But Oh, uh, well, cause, still. Cause oh, that's, oh, that's, I see what you're Because
0: it's the opening bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. But so after uh, the, these two people take there's, go their separate ways, uh, there's, like, the one bit that, like, kind of, like, I thought was really interesting because, like, when um, – this Mr. Doctor here, when he leaves mm-hmm. the train station, when he leaves that cafe, he doesn't look back. He just looks mm-hmm. forward and he just moves on his way. There's no like, sideway glance of like, one more time. Nope, he just is moving on. And she was like, looking at him the whole time, waiting for him to look back, and he doesn't look back. And it's like, oh, that was, that was pretty well played. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a scene where someone, where this this annoying braying British woman needs to get some yep. some chocolate, and then we see uh, our uh, lead actress here uh, disappear for a moment and come back in, and you're just like, oh, that was odd. And but again, none of this, you don't know where any of this is going at the time. You don't know what's just transpired for the most part. Um, but then we get the two characters board uh, the train to go back home. Uh, and we, then we get uh, Laura Jessen's uh, ongoing voiceover narration, which mm-hmm. um, uh, Chanel happened to be in the room for while it was going on. And she's like, I wish I, you were a better friend and not just <laughs> this annoying person that I know in my life that like, mm-hmm. just, like just this dressing down. <laughs> it's so vicious and like, it's so, awesome. it's so well done. And you're like, whoa, yep. that's, that's good. That's some good stuff mm-hmm. right there. Um mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, so this movie... Uh, so there's people who would complain about voiceover narration in movies. And, ah. and they'd be like, uh, it's a lazy uh, conceit. It doesn't work very well. But mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. I, I've i never felt that way. I, I'm a big fan of third-person omniscient uh, mm-hmm. narration. This isn't that. This is very much like uh, being, re- being relayed a story. But it's done really well. Um, mm-hmm. Really well. And it clicks and... Uh, it sells so much stuff that uh, it's hard. Okay. So the other thing I did when I, after watching this movie uh, today was I was reading about brief encounter and I Mm -hmm. discovered that there was a 1974 television movie. That's uh, uh, a, I saw a remake, but it's based on the same story by Noel Coward. Um, And it's like Richard Burton and uh, Sophia Loren. And I was like, Oh, it's just on YouTube cool uh, I'm going to watch this for a little bit and so I was. Wa- so I watched that and it, it does an amazing job of uh, ex- just like underlining how good this movie is and how good a director David Lean is uh, mm-hmm. compared to the completely uninspired boorish brown br- like just gr- gray brown. water oh it's brown dude poopy brown yeah this whole thing is just a sepia tone all the way through nice yeah nice. It's, it's something else uh, mm-hmm. just like the way it, it starts at the beginning of the story. Like it, it is literally at like when she's first at the, when they first meet and it's the uh, like kind of innocuous meeting of, um, yeah. of the characters and it's very seventies. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can't describe it any other way, but I mean, when you take it with the, the voiceover narration, uh, it yeah. really like, oh, this is just like nothing special. Like this story is not interesting at all. Like, right it's like all the stuff that David Lean does Mm -hmm. that like elevates that story because on paper Brief Encounter is not interesting like Mm -hmm. it's it's like oh yeah will they won't they oh they don't oh that's the end of it it's just like not Mm -hmm. anything special but uh, the the film craft RJ deployed by uh, David Lean is uh, pretty pretty great especially and it's really cool that there's like a uh, example of the exact same story told by someone with like uh i don't know maybe less ambition less mm-hmm. uh not not like they had a compromise i think robert shaw was supposed to play um Doctor Dude, but then like, Robert
1: shaw's awesome.
0: Yeah, but so he he dropped out, and so they had to go with Richard Burton. And Richard Burton's awesome, but he is like so miscast mm. as uh, Alec Harvey because he just doesn't look right. He doesn't seem like mm. anybody you could be really into, and it's just like oh, he just he lacks that. What do you mean be into? Like be romantically into or like really connect with? Like it's like by that point he's just like a fucking drunk. Like he's just mm. like he's just like not. He's an odd. It's like he's in like he's like an exploitation guy. At this point he was like in movies like Where Eagle's there and stuff like that, which is like awesome. Yeah. He's great in that. but in this, like because he's good when he's cold. He's not good when he's supposed to be like a romantic lead to me. Like it just doesn't. Yeah especially at that age, like when he's just looking haggard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, so that was, it became like, it illustrated all the things I really like about this movie, uh, mm-hmm. such as like probably the one, the one thing I really like uh, is like this ongoing thing of small details happening in the background of the movie. There's always right. like, there's something like, there's like other characters lives playing out behind in the, in, in the background. It's never like mm-hmm. in the foreground for very long. And, um, and it just it also kind of reminds you while you're watching it that this is just like this is nothing special this is just like an interaction between two people um mm-hmm. and they're figuring stuff out and while that seems like it's like the most important like catastrophic thing that could happen to a person this is a movie that's also happening just like before world war 2 Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah, th- th- these people are going to have bigger problems, like, really soon here. Like, they're going to yeah. be worrying, like, oh, am I going to have an explosive dropped on me? Like, that sort of stuff. And it's like, th- these, like, weird little detail things don't matter a great deal. Mm-hmm. But, like, the movie really has this, like, great movement uh, of, like, just stuff running around. Like, the one girl that works at this cafe, like, her meeting a guy after work and stuff like that. You get these little moments that, like, you hear that, and then later on you see them running off together. Mm-hmm. Um and it just feels yep. like a a real lived-in place. Lived-in, hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I mean,
1: those are my just
0: like things off the top of my head. But uh, wh- yep. wh- what do you think, there, uh,
1: David Lean fan, R.J. David summertime lean. Yeah. Yeah, I like that guy. He's batting like eight hundred for me. Whoa, baby. Uh, my first note was oh God, Brits. <laughs> uh, and I don't totally remember why I wrote that, but I think uh, the first five minutes is super British, I guess. Oh, it's super. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that lady. Uh, well, because is she the oh, same? Oh, the, the barmaid? Yeah.
0: Is she the same actress that plays, like, the barmaid in Invisible Man? I forgot to look this up because, like, it's the like, same huh? character. like Or maybe it's, like, I don't know. I'd have to double check on this. I'm
1: pretty sure Kevin Bacon was the Invisible Man. Yeah. No, yeah.
0: that would be Hollow Man, RJ, which is one oh. of the
1: worst sh- pieces of shit in the world. Continue. Maybe, in oh. your opinion. No way. So anyways, uh, I wrote innocent. Oh God, Brits. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's fun. Um, I don't have a ton of notes on this movie. Uh, I don't have a time code for this movie. I didn't check the time at all. I have an accidental just... time code. Yeah, what well, thir- was that?
0: Th- 36 minutes. I like just like... You had to go pee? something like that. I guess like had a pause for a second and it, it popped up and I went, Oh, and then I was like, mm-hmm. fine. Then I went back and it was
1: fine. Like it wasn't, it didn't drag or anything like that. It's, it's,
0: it's a breezy hour and a half. It's incredible. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I didn't check the time code. I don't have a ton of notes. Uh, I thought this movie was really good. Um, I'm on record for liking Mr. David summertime lean. Uh, I think he writes really, uh, earnest, uh, depictions of like, or like not rights, I guess, but, uh, like the movies he makes are, yeah, I'm gonna use that word, earnest. Uh, they seem very genuine. Uh, the interactions people have with each other, and when I was watching it, and when the characters meet at the start, I was like, I was like, man, what a natural like introduction for characters. You know what I mean? It's like that could. I feel like something like that could actually happen. Um, I think it happens
0: all around us.
1: It happens all around us, man. Uh, I really like the themes, uh, that he, he hits in a lot of his movies, uh, about kind of like, like the interactions with people and like love and how, how sometimes people want things that can't be. And it's like that yearning for stuff. Uh, I think even in the Dickens movies, like those are pretty common themes too. So I can understand why he was drawn to those, but a brief encounter in summertime too. It's like people who want, want something more, but for whatever reason can't have it. Uh, Not because it's like, it's impossible to have, but there's something like holding, withholding them from it. And I think that's really sad, but I think it's really true to um, real life. Uh, There's a line in here. I liked where she was like, nothing lasts really. Love, misery, life. And I was like, you go, girl. I was like, yeah. <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> nothing lasts. Uh, but uh, I think, like, as a whole, that's – I like David Ween's movies, man. I think – I like it. It's I think especially these old ones, like this one from 45, like, you kind of get swept away in it. Like, I think this movie does a, a better job at doing that than, say, like, Casablanca. Which I mm. which I have to rewatch. I'll give you that. But on my first impression, I think I talked about it on the show. I was like, meh. Um, so it's a, a grower. Yeah. Uh, I all I'm saying is I think uh, like Brief Encounter, um, there's no there's no tr- like hesitation and believing what's going on up there. Like I was like, yeah, this seems like a real thing that probably happens one time. And I like these characters. I think they're really honest and they're trying they're trying their best, but they can't totally be together. The guy's a little bit of a horn dog inviting a inviting a lady back to his friend's condo. What mm-hmm. a horny bastard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um no, I really liked all that. There's a few like technical things I thought were really cool too. Uh, there's a really good tracking shot where they're like running or something like that. And I was like, that's pretty neat for nineteen forty five um and then uh there's one thing i like where uh it's like the second time they meet where they don't know if they're gonna see each other they're like maybe we'll see each other next week and they're like kind of chasing each other around and there's an aspect where the music kind of kicks in and it uh it overcomes like the dialogue so like they're talking but you can't even really hear them because the music's just fucking ramming in your face uh and i really like that because i was like what they're saying doesn't matter Mm-hmm. It's about oh, the moment, yeah. Man. yeah, there's you, so many like oh, there's so many moments. Like like, yeah. Yeah. Right or like, or like where like the uh, voiceover
0: narration takes place over like a dialogue scene. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's like so many things like that where you're like, oh that was a good way of doing that. Oh, that's yeah. a good way of communicating that. Because when I was mm-hmm. watching the uh the seventies TV movie, it has yeah. like just no like real craft. It's just like, oh hey, now now mm-hmm. because she's a woman in the seventies, she has a job and now everyone yeah. see her job. And you're going to see, isn't her life mundane? And there's more scenes with her, like, in her, in her home life and, like, her husband. And he seems to be, like, he's, like, this, like, oh, look, this fucking loser. He's fixing a lawnmower because he has to mow the lawn. What a what a, what a a hellhole middle class life is. Whoa. Whereas <laughs> in this, it's, like, the guy's, like, this nice guy kind of guy and like there's no like oh we should have them over for dinner stuff where you're like oh come yep. on like you don't don't try to uh, New York Broadway up this shit like you don't need you have it like mm-hmm. a standoffish sort of thing like the worlds never collide and she tries to like mm-hmm. t- alleviate her own guilt by like making comments like oh uh this guy is was nice to me and then mm-hmm. he's like oh, oh yeah and then he just moves on with his day <laughs> um, like it's just so much better in uh, this uh, our, our mm-hmm. criterion version uh Mm -hmm. yeah no we continue on from there i guess you were saying about like the staging and like
1: oh no that that's it really i was just i was just thinking like there's a lot of stuff that i thought was really impressive i was like that's really cool i i like that like the music thing i was like man i really like that the idea because it it's more than just one thing it's like it's impressive technically because i was like that's a cool idea where they can just put the music over there. But at the same time, I was like, it's also really, um, uh, I think it really fits with the story. Like I was saying, where it's like what they're saying doesn't even matter because they're just chasing each other and they know they're trying to like, they not they see that they're both doing it and you're like, they, they realize that. And then it's like, so what they say doesn't matter. And that music just comes in real strong and you're like, fuck yeah, I feel good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, that's a good shit right there, baby. So, um, no, I don't know. It's, like I was saying, I, I didn't even really take a lot of notes. I I thought it was really good, man. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I didn't really take very many notes either. I was
0: just kind of like watching it, um, mm-hmm. and enjoying it. Um, yeah, like there's like some of the other things I was like noticing. So like in the TV movie, uh, they're like kind of like platonic mm-hmm. hangout times or like watching, fucking like Shakespeare in the park, and mm. I was like, like at first I was like, oh. I would never go to this in my life. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like fuck, like in 1945, they were going to the theater. And that's like, that's Mm -hmm. way cooler. Like that's what you would do. You'd go hang out and go to the movies every week. And, um, I guess there's like kind of like an odd thing. Cause like, I guess like it kind of goes against my mental type of like a, like mother of like two Mm -hmm. married going to a movie by herself every Thursday, like afternoon. It's just like odd to me, I guess it's like, Oh, what a novel idea. But I guess like, thinking back it's like oh probably Mm -hmm. people went to movies just way more back in like the 40s because there was no television like if you wanted to like have interactions with like you'd have the radio and you'd have movies there was no like oh I'm just gonna see what's on oh I'm gonna watch the cooking shows (laughs) like I'm gonna watch is like uh, Mm -hmm. shows on like flipping your house like that's like what people do now like you don't need to like it's like oh I might go to a movie once a year like, that's kind of, like, the mm-hmm. reality now. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. What a cool... And she'll just go see anything. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. And then also, like, in that era, like, movies would play for, like, a day. But they'd, they'd play the same day every week till they were gone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, theaters, going to the movies. And it's, like, usually uh, a good thing to see in movies. I, it's actually, like, mm-hmm. I, something I always like seeing in movies is people going to see movies. I don't know what it is. Um, I guess it just, like, make, maybe makes you draw in closer and relate to the characters more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then there's a condo sleazy guy. I don't know. So like, yeah. so okay. So the movie plays out the way you'd kind of expect, but it's done very like naturalistically. The character, mm-hmm. like the two actors, they have a lot of chemistry, uh, so they actually pull it off really well. Um, mm-hmm. You can feel them like wanting to hang out more and more, uh, and it doesn't feel like oh inevitably they're going to do this and this, but they, it right. seems like they're like hanging out and they enjoy each other's company. Um they're, they're okay. So taking a step back there. There's like the one thing that like I find is like we kind of like odd but like kind of real is like them making fun of the uh the woman playing in the like restaurant band. Oh yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was like, "Ah, that's no so mean." But at the same time, people do that. Like they absolutely yep. do.
1: <laughs> well, that yeah, that's what I mean. Like it seemed it's like I said, it seemed very like it was just honest. It's like, yeah, this guy's, like, a doctor. This lady, she's, like, a rich lady. Or not rich, but... They're both... Yeah, uh, she's... We- they're both wealthy. Middle class, and they're like, yeah, yeah. They're just like, look at this fucking lady. What a goof. Yeah.
0: And it's like, yeah, I think people do do that in relationships. Even though it's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. But it's like, they don't hear you. Uh, no, yep. no harm, no foul. But I guess, like, yep. in movie world, it's like, no the whole world is seeing you be cruel to people. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, so it's got an odd thing where it's like when you're doing it invisibly and like for your own amusement, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But it's like weird watching that captured. Um, yeah. So I guess going back, so the movie plays like, okay, they're going to do it. And they're moving more and more closer to that happening. Uh, she, she takes off, running because she's like, I can't do that. I can't go that far mm-hmm. along. Spends a lot of time wandering around the streets, <laughs> looking mm-hmm. like a like a common prosy uh, to the local Bob, whatever the fuck uh, mm-hmm. they're called. Uh, she's smoking in public, which is real <gasps> trashy. Ooh, ladies mm-hmm. aren't supposed to smoke in, in public. In the movie theater, too. Yeah. You know? well, yeah, That was, it was a different time. Yeah. Um And, yeah, so she heads back there, and before they could really knock boots, the the guy who that his fellow doctor or buddy who he's like house sitting for he comes mm-hmm. in and like he's kind of like he's fine because she let, leaves her scarf behind and mm-hmm. he, he gives him kind of like a a ribbon about that but he's kind of like it's like hey you know you I didn't know you're that kind of guy and it's like is this guy, yeah. is, this guy a, is this guy a total sleaze or is he like because yeah. at the end of it he's kind of like you're just a piece of shit too like that's kind of mm-hmm. like the the dagger to it is like I'm not sure if the guy was just like playing up the, like, boys will be boys thing, but in reality, he's, like, being, like, super judgmental and, like, taking, like, I don't know. It's really mm-hmm. odd, and I was like, I don't know if this guy's, like, that's, like, a grease ball or if he, like, really is kind of, like, looking down at him because, like, it's not, like, after that scene... um uh Alex kind of like, "Well, I've got to leave now. I have mm-hmm. to, I have to go to Johannesburg." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm
1: oh. I, I my I must leave now. My planet needs me." Yeah, he's just like, "I'm
0: fucking out." Uh and yeah. Then, yeah. So, and that's the end of the 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 relationship, the, the fires of it uh burning mm-hmm. out. Uh and then so I'm curious, RJ, how did you feel about uh the suicide beat? The, 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 when she's like thinking about, I'm gonna jump in front of this train. <laughs> like when the camera, um, the, the slow like camera yeah. tilting, and you're like, what the hell? Like this movie's shifting, and it's like, starts kind of like, it's completely yeah. breaks from the rest of the movie. And it's like, kind of like her state of mind, but this idea yep. that like she'd be like, fuck, I don't wanna live this life now. I'm going to kill myself. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's
1: feels right or. What? Uh, uh, I think that's, yeah. You never heard of people who fucking heartbroken, man? Who, like, there's, like, teenagers, man, that are like, my boyfriend dumped me. And then they do kill themselves. Sure. it's pretty, sure. pretty
0: real. I guess. I mean, it's, like, kind of, like, that weird, like, irrational moment. Like, I guess I can imagine that scene if it was, like, in her mind. Yeah. Like her like thinking about uh, doing it rather than yeah. her like actually getting up running out to like mm-hmm. the the train platform jump, and being yeah. like, oh shit. She had just like stopped by like I don't know five feet and then she realized, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, right, husband and yeah.
1: kids, and maybe maybe I shouldn't do that. And then the camera goes back to normal. <laughs> I would say um I know that uh maybe you and me wouldn't react that way. I think that's pretty real. I think there's a lot of people who can't uh, can't keep their shit in check Whoa. and uh, respond very. Um, I don't know spontaneously. I guess I don't know. I <laughs> it's, it's, I yeah. I didn't doubt it. I was like, yeah, I bet people do that. It's, it's interesting that you say that because
0: uh, both being yeah. uh, male, uh, I believe male men are more likely to kill themselves than women.
1: <laughs> well, you and me, I don't Violently. think know. Violently, I, <laughs> did you just? assume my gender
0: oh come on now
1: i go, don't identify go,
0: go back go on go on to twitter and facebook and go go yeah. troll some female journalists
1: yeah yeah no um i don't know man i thought i didn't really question it i was like i'm pretty sh- pretty sure i've heard that happen a lot where it's these people who are like uh they're they were the affair uh, spouse and then they get dumped or the affair partner, and they get dumped, and then they're like, "Well, fuck it," and they jump off like a building or something. So, yeah, it happens, I guess. Sure, it does. Uh I just like it's just such a break.
0: It's a departure from the whole vibe of the movie, which I guess it is. Yeah. It's it is. It's a mental break, um, uh-huh. and, it, and it looks cool. Like I loved it. Like I thought it was like really nice. Like because you could tell what was going on, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Because, like, you've seen it already. You saw the that mm-hmm. scene, but you saw it play out from sort of, like, the indifferent side. Of, like, they're, like, oblivious to the fact that this, like, romance is blossoming under their, like, watch. Like, I'm talking about the employees mm-hmm. of the platform uh, cafe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. And then, uh, yeah, and then we get the movie ending with the, uh, the sweetness of resigned comfort. Where mm-hmm. she's kind of like, it's like this whole thing where she's just been sitting in this chair telling this whole story mentally but she's like Mm kind of like there's this like idea that she's like been telling her husband this all in her own head yeah and like kind of like communicating to him (laughs) that way Mm -hmm. and then like there's the whole thing of like him like looking at her and like knowing because they've been married for many years and whatnot and like they've probably been like distant from one another because he's been kind of in his own little world like what happens in relationships i think and he looks Mm -hmm. over and it's like holy shit what the hell's wrong with her? And he's mm-hmm. like, are you okay? Like, Oh, you've been, in, been having a bad dream and maybe you're waking from it now. And then you just get that like great little final beat of the movie. That's like really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it was like funny going from watching uh brief encounter to watching Gerald's game, uh, <laughs> right afterwards, because yeah. it's kind of like, uh, it goes against this idea that's in brief encounter of the resigned comfort because it's like the the one of the final lines in Gerald's games. Like I gave up one sort of imprisonment with the, with the imprisonment of comforts (laughs) and it's like,
1: Oh, Hey man, didn't you get that new arcade fire CD? creature comfort man make Whoa. it painless
0: hey that's like uh the make it painless one, one of uh only
1: two really good songs on that album that are like really really it good. is yeah i uh, it's funny you say that because i was saying the exact same thing the other day someone's like do you like that new album i was like not really there's like four three or four good songs and then uh the rest i was like whatever it's which fine. is a, a new thing for me because yeah. uh, uh i've usually thought all their albums were super great and this one was like "What." Well, but hey, uh, like, your comfort. Like
0: many things, uh like Casablanca RJ, I think it's a grower, yeah. but in general, uh It's not a shower. Now we're doing a review of the uh <laughs> recent Arcade Fire yeah. album. Uh track 4 and 11 are uh pretty sweet. Is that uh, Electric Blue 11? Uh it's the um, p- bet bet your money on me, put your money on
1: me, that song. Uh It's like it's their abba song. Yeah. I uh I felt like uh they phoned it in on uh, a lot of those songs. That song, Chemistry, is one of the worst Arcade Fire, probably the worst Arcade Fire songs I've ever heard. <laughs> which, it's like, hey, we have chemistry, which, baby. What, what you track and is me. that one? I don't know. It's called Chemistry. But the uh, the only lyrics are like, hey, we got chemistry, baby, mm. you and me. And goes over and over and over again. Anyways, Creature Comforts a good song. Yep. And uh, Creature Comforts make people uh, forget about their real life, like yep. this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So uh I'm glad you liked it. Uh you're not totally heartless anymore.
0: <laughs> Were you expecting uh the hate to come down on this? Um
1: a little bit. Not totally. Like when I watched it, I was like, no, Jarrett should like this. This is a good movie. Yeah. But uh I don't know. After that summertime and the great expectations versus Oliver Twist debacle. Mm-hmm. Um I just I don't know, man. Sometimes I can't pay you.
0: <sighs> yeah, I'm not into that.
1: Yeah. It
0: ain't you? Um, so yeah, uh, a couple other comments about that remake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like butt, it is nice, it's brown town. Uh, everything's just brown, uh, just murky. It's a mess. Uh, it's a far, far cry from the beautiful cinematography of Robert Krasker, who shot, shot such movies as The Third Man, Henry V. <laughs> One of our uh, all-time oh, favorites. Oh, one of our greats. Yeah. yeah. And he also directed this, uh, one of my, like, uh, uh, faves that I've watched in the last couple of years called The Collector with Tim and yeah. Stamp being a creeper. Uh, that's good. But even, like, I was looking up the guy who shot the... Uh, brief encounter TV movie and he's like not mm-hmm. like a shitty dude either he's like shot some nice looking stuff but I don't know it just didn't come together in that one or at least YouTube quality maybe isn't the best indicator but yeah I don't I don't think that's really the case uh anyway so hey uh chris a random thing that I was thinking about too with like this whole like thing about in media res opening up a movie kind of like mm-hmm. on this like cold open like in the or not even cold open but like at the end of the story and you're like how did we come to this and I was thinking about yeah. movies that we've watched very recently that have uh, deployed this same tactic. Uh, like in Vagabond, it tells mm-hmm. you, hey, this is where the story's ending. Um, mm-hmm. And it also happened, in, for me, as was a criticism in uh, Lemillion.
1: Um, oh, right, Which right, is right. just
0: it's like, where it's like, it's really deflating because it's like, well, mm-hmm. there's no like real... Like, why did they – it's just strange that sometimes uh, uh, a film will, like, have, like, a thing that tells you everything's going to work out in the end or it's going to end really dark. And it just doesn't add anything to the drama because you're just like, oh, they did solve it. So why do I care about everything else that happens in between? And then other cases, like Brief Encounter, like, when you get to those moments that you saw at the beginning, it's now more emotionally infused. um, Mm -hmm. And it pays off really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. anyway yeah there's a times watching stuff from the 70s where it feels like I'm like watching an Italian Giallo movie which right. is like I don't think the intention uh, of doing an adaptation of or doing a telling of uh, Brief Encounter yeah but RJ you there are people who have no hurts and there are people yeah. who, who hate Brief Encounter uh, on. Paul Lyons who I feel like is someone that's probably come up on here before maybe uh, one star well, I got mm. well, I got through it. I love David Lean, the man who made the Bridge on the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia and Doctor. Zhivago. Those movies are classics because they are great and will always be great. Yet years before any of that, David Lean made brief encounter a snooze fest melodrama that somehow oh. is a classic as well Come on. based on a one act play by Noel Coward, who we didn't even really talk about. Noel Coward wrote yep. this uh. Brief Encounter stars Trevor Howard and Celia Johnson as man and woman who fall in love after meeting each other at a train station refreshment cafe. The problem is they are both married to other people with kids to boot. The solution? Nothing. Howard and Johnson meet, then depart separately, then meet again. Johnson has a dull life at home despite a pleasant husband and two children. Howard, I guess, also has a dull life at home, but we never see it. Blah, 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 forbidden love of middle-aged, repressed, upper-class British folk. Did you did not enjoy Brief Encounter in any shape or form. I was bored and wondered how this could be the same David Lane who made some of the greatest films ever made. Oh, well.
1: Sounds like your review of uh, Summertime.
0: Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not that far off heartless uh, bastards heartless i don't know I, I can i can see why people i mean this is a movie that i think you kind of should be in the right mood to watch though like because like, like i said when i first watched it i was kind of like Neh. it's like not bad but i mean i wouldn't think about this movie ever again um but hey calamity hey give this one and a half stars I suppose Lean applying his rather good formalism or sorry, rather grand formalism to a scale this small is enough to propel this one to the status of quote unquote curiosity. But beyond that, this film is an awful bore. Claims that it's some kind of all-time great romance have been drastically overstated. It really just the dull flirtations of a couple posh dopes. Uh, and oh, that miserable voiceover. There were moments that it was so emphatically redundant I had to step back and wonder if there was something parodic at play. But it, it's otherwise such a straight-faced, mopey movie, I couldn't keep paying that notion any credence.
1: <laughs> any credence? What a notion. <laughs> As he's dusting his fucking gold lips with his feather. Oh, man,
0: it's just funny. Uh, these People oh. who have these problems with uh, class... And then and then they have to have these like fancy turns of phrases that they uh dust out it's like come on you're, you're just jealous because mm-hmm. they're rich and you're not
1: yeah they hate them because they ain't them right ah. we, we talk about that all the time man you nailed it you nailed Pe- it people are just like i don't like this guy why uh because he made movies and i don't like, it's like just, shut up like christopher nolan <laughs> Chris Nolan, yeah. Donald Trump. Everyone's just fucking jealous. <laughs> Everyone's jealous of how good Christopher Nolan is, and they can't be like that. That's yeah. the only reason there's people who don't. Oh, like Oh, fuck!
0: You know? Did you watch Isle of Dogs trailer? No, I didn't. Oh, I don't watch movie trailers. Do you, you just, know that? Yes, you
1: do. Fucking liar! Only when you make me.
0: Well, you didn't watch it, but I think you were busy that day. But you should definitely watch yeah. it, and everyone else should if you haven't already. Isle of Dogs trailer, that new Wes Anderson movie. It looks awesome. Is it a
1: future creep? uh,
0: Guaranteed. Well, yeah, it's Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah. Lifetime Pass.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, no, that movie looks amazing. Like, just like, oh, everything about it looks so good. Anyway, uh, I don't know. That it. it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well. Why not? Here, here we are. A a reasonable length.
1: For now. For now.
0: Um. After the break. RJ's opening up a medical practice in South Africa and will soon
1: be Josh's doctor (gasps) Joshua Frazier yeah yeah he's in there but I don't really want to go there it's like so far away from here
0: that that is like pretty down, down south yeah not a skip So RJ, have you ever used like somebody's uh, house as a fuck pad while they weren't around? Oh god,
1: <laughs> give me give me a fucking notepad. I'll, I'll lay it out for you. <laughs> Did that make sense? Is that a thing that makes sense? Notepads. Did come, you... on. come on,
0: dude? It's we have use your smartphone.
1: I'll I'll IM you like a five-page uh, instant message text snap. Brap.
0: You can email us at criterion and creeps at gmail.com and we will read out loud your friends fuck pads uh, and sexual partners, times, yeah. activities. That's what we're all about here. Uh. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. You can follow us on all our exploits during this mm-hmm. 31 days of horror, this Creeptober, this mm-hmm.
1: what have you. Hooptober. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. No. I don't like uh the guy who started that and I don't like who Toby Hooper anyway. So no no, no, no. No, no, no.
0: Uh we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate, subscribe, review, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. We don't care. We're going to make this podcast no matter what. That's that's the sad <laughs> state of things. Yep. It's all just sad attempts at like pay attention to us. Please. Yes. Please. Uh next week though. Um I don't know. Uh something. <laughs> and God Created Woman from 1956 directed by Roger Vadim. Doesn't that sound exciting, RJ? Brigitte Bardot. She's she's smoking hot. You Kay. like you like hot ladies, right? Who don't, baby. Um oh hey, are are we gonna see Blade Runner twenty forty nine?
1: Oh fuck when does that come out?
0: <laughs> Friday.
1: Like in two days? Yeah. Jesus. Maybe not before the next episode. Yeah. You probably will, but I, I might have to be one off yeah. on
0: that. Stupid Thanksgiving of things. Yeah. What Turkey. That? Fuck, I don't know. So it's, it's a crazy weekend though. So many things happening. All directions. And and Hell in a cell.
1: I don't know what that's. Is that a pay per view? It is. Why? Why do I gotta miss all these? I know.
0: All it's all happening. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably missing that too. Fuck. Ah, such is life. and Of mm-hmm. just like in, I don't know, just drinking in media constantly. It's those. Yep. It's those creature comforts, RJ. It's those. It is. Uh, it's those. Uh, it's that resigned comfort. And, they make him painless yeah waiting in your arms of your your dotting husband Ooh. hey good night folks mm. yeah uh.